Hello, my friends. Paul White here. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 23rd day of September. So glad you're with me today. It's a Saturday. Let me tell you about the sermon you can look for tomorrow. Very, very excited to get this little series started. We're doing a, and you won't know it's a series based on the titles. Well, unless you are pretty familiar with the Apostles' Creed, you could pick up on what's happening. In the, what is this? This is September, so this was the July encounter with our friends in Chapin, South Carolina that we're going to air for you this this week. It is, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was the August encounter. It's called, I Believe In, and it's the first line from the Apostles' Creed, I Believe In, God the Father Almighty, Creator of Heaven and Earth. This is followed up with the next sermon in the series, and you'll be able to see where this is going. Uh, Our Chapin meetings have now accelerated to weekly, and we are in the process of landing a spot to do these on Sunday. Uh, We'll have a lot of details as they become actual facts instead of just things we're working on. But you'll notice a lot more sermons coming from Chapin, South Carolina, as we continue this trend. And I'm working my way into the creed. So the first line is, I believe in. And I use this as a way not to talk about the things we believe. In fact, I go to work on that very concept in this message of how so much of Christianity seems to be built around what we believe in. And to get there, we just start with what we don't believe in. And so it becomes almost a very fun game to look at all the stuff going on in the world and politics that we don't believe in, isolate those, try to believe the opposite, and then call that our faith. But I don't think that's Christian faith. Christian faith is not the stuff you don't believe in versus the stuff you do believe in. Paul would say, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I commit to him against that day. Paul doesn't brag at his deathbed. That's his deathbed, by the way, 2 Timothy. He doesn't brag on what he believes in, but on in whom he believes. This is a message about who we believe in. The creed starts there. I believe in God the Father. Jesus Christ. I I want us to start there with the idea, not of the what, but of the whom. Out of who you believe, a lot of what will happen. A lot of what you believe will happen. But the what you believe will always have to be rooted in who you believe. And your mind will change on what you believe as your revelation changes in whom you believe. And that's where the message lands. And I had a good time going back through this in the edit, um, picked up on some things I had forgot about, and I just think you're going to enjoy this a lot. It's called I Believe In, and, and it just hangs there. I believe in what? Well, that's the question. And then one that I think is worthwhile of your own journey and you answering it. So look for this tomorrow, video available at PWM. That's our YouTube page or our website, paulwhiteministries.com, or wherever you're listening to your podcast, you can just listen to the other one because we drop two every Sunday. Mark chapter 16, verse 4, But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, 
for it was very large. This is, of course, on the backside of the question they ask in verse 3, who will roll the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And I told you that you need not worry about the physical impediments to the will of God. The physical impediments are going to be taken care of by him. I love how that fourth verse starts. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. Looked up from what? Well, in verse 3, they were set among themselves. Who will roll the stone away? Maybe heads down. Defeated posture. A little bit depressed. They come here to anoint the dead Jesus. When they look up, up from their circumstances, up from the ground, lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. When they look up, they see that the stone's been rolled away. And maybe the key to understanding how to roll away stones is not to study mechanics or to learn the power of the fulcrum or to employ some strong-armed help. Maybe the key to removing the stones that are seeming impediments to your spiritual journey is to look up, to not dwell on the natural, to not be so system-minded, but to look up to the one who rolls stones away. When they look up, they realize that the stone had been rolled away for it was very large. That Interesting. Let me read that again. Listen to that verse. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away for it was very large. For it was very large doesn't seem to be necessary in this verse. They're just wondering who's going to roll the stone away. This last part of four might be answering their question of three. Who's going to roll the stone away? It was very large. But the way Mark sets it up is he doesn't tell you it's very large till he tells you it was rolled away. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter how big the stone is or how small the stone is or whether or not you know how to roll stones away. The key is look up. So as they stop dwelling so much on this thing, this problem in this realm, and they look up, the stone is rolled away no matter how large that stone is. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. I want to end here today. I'm not trying to rush through this. I just want to remind you that, and this is something you can grab your Bible and go back to. In Mark 14, 51, we had that young man in the garden who follows Jesus and his group. That we, we covered that back on the 18th of August, about a month ago. And we told you how Mark might be using a literary device to show the same young man in the tomb with the, the long white robe sitting on the right side. Um, that, that, I don't want to go back through that because we did that podcast again, August 18th, 19th, right in there. So we want to go back and, and catch that. So the young man clothed here is a recast version of the young man in the Garden of Gethsemane, but in the whole passion narrative, it's an angel who is inviting them as they come in, inviting them to leave their fear at the door. We'll get into this whole scenario tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless.